1: This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Series XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Ridecast Podcast Network. How do you do? I am here, still in quarantine, Dan Natterman, with Noam Dorman, owner of the world-famous Comedy seller, and Periel Ashen Brand, who is the producer of Live from the Table, and Aruba Ray Ellen is with us, he is a uh, recurring, I wouldn't call him a regular, but a recurring uh, guest on live from the table. How are you, Aruba Ray Ellis?
2: I'm good, Dan, Noam, Periel, great to see you all as always. Wish it was in person instead of online, but this is pretty good nonetheless.
1: Aruba Ray has a full beard, gray, white, uh, Santa Claus-esque beard, I feel it ages him, Periel disagrees and think it looks good. So we'll have to agree to this. I,
2: I, I prefer to listen to Periel as an attractive woman. I, I, I value an attractive woman's opinion much more than yours. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I do wish the, the chin, I started getting white in my chin when I was about 23, 24 years old. I, I wish it was darker, but it is. Really? It is. That young? The hair is dark. And I
1: haven't been going to salon because there's no salons open. <clears throat> uh, no, any thoughts on the beard before we get into weightier discussion.
2: Noam looks so
1: irritated, and we're thirty seconds in. You know what? I'm I'm not. I don't even have my, my I'm I'm not using my uh, Yeti mic. I pulled it up. I mean, let me transfer to the Yeti mic.
0: Nobody no, I'm even me my
1: sound was bad. Is it I'm better? in my childhood bedroom, by the way. Okay, I'm, now I'm on the mic. That should change the game. Oh, it's much better. Noam, um, it looks like he's in
3: terrible pain. I'm just relaxing on the beach, I'm enjoying it. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm just, you know, let's, we have bad news today. The New York, New York postponed phase three indefinitely. Oh, right, right.
1: That is horrible. I didn't, I didn't hear about that. W- What's phase three consist of?
3: Out, uh, indoor dining, which would have allowed us to have um, comedy. And that's been postponed till when? Poof, up in smoke, poof, indefinitely.
2: Oh Jesus! A lot of a lot of a lot of states that it yeah no that's, that's, a, that's a huge bummer. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. It um, it does suck. It does suck. What exactly
1: are we waiting for to open things up? I mean, we've discussed this again and again. You know, are we waiting for the virus to go away completely? Because that's not going to happen. You know, as long as one person has it, as soon as we go back, it, this whole thing started from one person. So wh- why why would it not the same thing not happen? Again, well, they numbers I've,
0: are spiking, the numbers are skyrocketing. I mean, they're just surging through the roof. People have been gallivanting around. That,
1: that wasn't the question. The question is, is this whole thing started from one person? So at what point when we open it up, of course it's gonna spike and it's gonna come back. I mean, unless we get rid of the damn thing uh, entirely.
3: Uh, well, I don't, it seems like if, if we would- if, Or
1: there's a vaccine.
3: If we would wear masks, so I'm tired of saying already for months already. If we wear masks, then the R not would would stay probably. They say would stay below one. Uh, and, and by R
1: not, you mean because not everybody has studied this assi- as assiduously as Gnome.
3: Well, I'll take a. I'll pause for a second so they can Google. We could do that, or you. Could now that everybody knows it. that are, the R, no, not is it, the the rate of transmission. If it's above one, it means that you're giving that that the. If it was two, let's say, it means every person who has it gives it to two people. So that would be, you know, that's, that's, then it grows exponentially. If it's below one, then it begins to, to wane and, and go, get heads towards zero. And if it's around, if it hovers around one, it just kind of stays static. Um, and, uh, but, you know, if, if people are walking around without masks, I mean, everybody's let us down. The president didn't order anybody, everybody wear masks, the New York is, you know, they're suggesting masks, but they're not serious about it. And I, I've been out and, you know, I just see people all the time not wearing masks. And then, I mean, it it, it does seem like New York might have some kind of um, versioning uh, herd immunity because we're not spiking. Um, maybe was like 25% or so of the, or 20 to 25% of New Yorkers already have the antibodies. So that has to throttle down how the R-naught in some way because every one out of every five or one out of every four people is not capable, ostensibly not a, not capable of being spread to us. So, I don't know.
1: Well, the question uh, that is on everybody's mind is, how does this affect Aruba Ray? Aruba Ray, as you know, as regular listeners know, has a comedy club on the island of Aruba. That's why they yeah. call him Aruba Ray. Uh, but it normally goes... would. Uh, twice a year, I guess, but is is that's uh, normally he would be there now. I gather, but he's normally
2: be there. Three, three big chunks a year. Just to, just to follow up on something Noam said, you know, from what I read in the times, it says that all, despite all the protesting, there wasn't really a big spike. And they said maybe because it was outdoors, maybe because certain people were wearing masks or a lot of people. In New York,
3: in New York, we doesn't seem to have a spike, but in other places, look at Los Angeles. I mean, uh, you know,
2: it's terrible. Well, in, in Los Angeles, my buddy told me <clears throat> who lives there. He said that there's a lot of cases cuz it's a large population, but the number per 100,000 isn't so isn't as big as say Texas and Arizona. No, Los or Angeles
3: Los, Los Angeles County is one of the hot, hottest spots uh, per, $100, even, even per 100. But even even there, I
1: I've, I've read that even with the number of cases up, the number of hospitalizations and fatalities is is not up or at least Well, be,
3: be, that because it's, right now the average age is much lower, so we we're doing the math, I keep forgetting it. It's like one 180-year-olds hope I don't get this wrong could produce as many deaths as 20,000 25-year-olds. Um that because uh, you know almost nobody dies at 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 25 and, and almost everybody, you know, such a high. So depending on what the average age is, you can have drastically different um numbers of deaths. So yeah, even in Florida, the uh, even in Florida, uh, the, um, the 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 death count really hasn't
2: spiked yet, but it might. It's a lagging it's a lagging thing, so you don't know. Again, let's 80, get back. Eighty, 80 one hundred year olds. That's eight thousand years of living. That's four two thousand year old men. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm in my the, my childhood bedroom. I, I came here to Boston for to get out of the city for about a, a week or so, a week and a half, and I went out to eat last night. Uh, I had I have done outdoor dining and they have indoor dining here and tables were spaced apart. They had partitions. I was nervous doing it. It was my first time doing it. And somebody came over and they asked us for our, our name and phone number for contact tracing. And I felt really comfortable. The wait staff was covered up and you weren't near other other people. I mean it, it was great. And everybody Aruba was Ray,
1: The people want to know about yeah.
2: Aruba. Uh, okay. So Aruba is opening up to the to, to the US July tenth. I'm on the first flight out. Uh, 8:30 a.m., 8:50 a.m. Flying to Aruba from JFK. When you land in Aruba, you take a COVID test. You pay 75 bucks, or you can take a test 70 within 72 hours before you leave your home hometown. You're probably not gonna gonna get the results in time, but it's obviously not a bulletproof system. When you land there and take the test, you're supposed to stay quarantined for 24 hours so you get the test result. They don't give it to you at the airport. But they need to open up. Their economy is, economy has suffered more than anyone else's in the world according to standard and poors, but that is per capita. So they're opening up and I'm gonna go. I don't look, I'd love to do shows there. Maybe we could start doing shows July 20th, but maybe two days a week because I think the occupancy rate is only going to be 20% on the whole island. Maybe we'll do shows. I've spoken to some comedians about coming down. They're up for it. Like they're fine. JetBlue keeps the middle seat empty. So I think there's a comfort level and, you know, you wear a mask on the plane and Aruba does testing and, you know, and you got to move on with your life, but you got to be careful. So, you know, I'm excited to go.
1: Are you saying that you still get laid with that beard?
2: Well... Slightly unrelated question. There's a, a, a lot of people that don't seem to mind the beer. Now, I'm not getting laid right now because it's COVID times. And in COVID times, I'm too paranoid. But will I get on a plane and go hang out in the beaches of Aruba and take a swim in the crisp, clear blue waters? Yes, I will. But as far as my beer goes, Aruba doesn't have any coronavirus. So maybe I will get laid in Aruba. Probably well, it's not.
0: About to. It's about to have a lot of coronavirus. That plan sounds cockamamie.
2: It's not perfect, but you got to you know what are you going to do you test you test you're testing everyone who's coming in other islands have had disastrous results but they weren't testing you know yeah but they're
0: testing but what what are they doing then they're saying okay you don't have to quarantine for two weeks once you get there correct positive i mean are they enforcing any of this
2: if your test is positive you then have to go to a one specific hotel Oh, sort awesome. of a COVID hotel, so everyone knows this when they're going down. But so they know there there's a risk. Your vacation could oh, be- that hotel is called Passion yeah. COVID. <laughs> you know, it, it's possible. You look, know, it could it could be it could be really screwy. But
0: tell me how many people you think are actually going to take themselves over to COVID hotel? Maybe?
2: I think I, mean, I think it's understood. You have to. It's part of like part of the. You go on the website before you even get on the plane. You've agreed to all this because you upload your information and your passport information on, on aruba.com. So not arubacomedy.com, aruba.com. <laughs> so I think, uh, look, it's not a foolproof plan, but I'm excited to go and it probably will be, you know, won't be a very busy time, but you get a great deal and the beaches will be empty and hopefully there'll be two nights a week of comedy. We'll well, Aruba
1: next. Ray has a pat, you know, Periel, uh, one thing you gotta say about Aruba Ray is he's a man with many passions. Aruba is one of those passions. Uh, young girls would be another passion. Old women would be another passion. Middle define young, define a, young. I define young. Well, how would you define young? I
3: don't know. Me? Uh, 30? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what I was getting at is that Ray, he likes young, he likes old, he likes right in the middle. He is very eclectic in his...
2: Well, I appreciate... I, I think pace. I appreciate that. Let's be clear. I am not a... This is not a Chris D'Elia situation with Ray And I'm respectful of women, just to be very clear. Grew up with all women. Love women. Wonderful people. Perrielle's a woman. I'm a big fan of hers. What did Chris D'Elia uh, do exactly? I don't know. I don't, don't want creepy. to Here and disparage
1: Chris D'Elia. Um, well, based be- on,
2: based on, on the accusation, it just sounds like he was just kind of creepy and overly aggressive. But I don't, think, I don't think he committed a crime, as far as I know. And I don't think he's been charged with a crime. It's just uh, social, social media has tried him. Isn't it a, is it, is, well, I don't know. I, what are the, how old were the girls? I don't, I don't know. The well, story. apparently he, re, he, he released the full email exchange and there was a girl who, when she said, Hey, I'm 16, he was like, Oh, I didn't know that. Goodbye. He, I guess thought she was older. So there's several. That what, he thought she was older or he just don't ask, don't tell. He claimed that
0: older or she was two or 16 was too old.
2: No, I think, I think he, <laughs> he thought she was older and. Uh,
0: I don't and, know. I don't really know the story.
2: Yeah. But, but he didn't, you know, I don't. It so seems he, uh, he made every effort uh, to keep it legal. Yeah, correct. As far as uh, no. as, far as I read. I've read whatever Dan has read. I mean, we, you know, so. Uh, you know, without I'm, knowing. I'm
3: so fatigued of, of um, people, you know, getting ruined now. I, I find myself looking for reasons to defend people even I don't want to defend. I mean obviously I mean I I, <laughs> I have a daughter. She should sh- you shouldn't be creeping around on the internet with sixteen year old girls, whether it's a crime
2: or not. That's I mean right. but supposedly he didn't know to be totally fair. He had no uh, clue. I, I shouldn't say I I d I don't know. I mean, look it's possible. Look, look at look at the number of people who fear, who go to bars that are uh, under eighteen and you know they look I had a bar. teacher in
1: high school, I won't mention his name he was my freshman year English teacher, and and so he was also the 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 school uh, cheerleading coach. And he used to say to the girls like, um, "You know, hey Susan, looking good in that skirt." To, to kids in my class that were fourteen years old. He was probably in his thirties. He had a beard, not unlike you, right? Uh, a gray beard. Um, and we used to and 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 he we used to say, "Mr. DeFeo, that's perverted." <laughs> And he would say, that's not perverted. If I said to Dan, you look good, that would be perverted. <laughs> <So> he <laughs> mixed a little bit of homophobia in with it. But the truth is, nobody really thought it was that. I mean, it's like, yeah, Susan did look good in that skirt, I at least in my was mind. Susan, was Susan upset? Susan's not the real name, by the way. Um, no, Susan was just like, Mr. DeFeo.
0: Susan was definitely creeped out by that. Well,
1: I don't know about that. He was a popular teacher. I had another teacher uh, in 11th grade who used to, who, who, who um, openly once t- one well i heard the rumor and I, i'm pretty sure it's true but he told the girl close your legs it smells in here now he he was um wow but that was he he was like an older guy Everybody, he lived alone he, oh
0: okay then that makes it he, fine <laughs> and, and he was like he was
1: he he showed up drunk once or twice to like graduation but he was like one of those teachers that that it was kind of like Tried to be, uh, you know, friends with the students, I guess. But we, all, but he was the most popular teacher in school. I wow. bet he
0: was.
2: He, he didn't fuck nobody. He just, he, you know, but... And, and to be fair, when he wasn't teaching, he worked in his family's fish market. So he knew the, the, the but, sense.
0: That is so appalling.
2: Look, I, I've said this before. When when,
3: when Woody Allen... I wish, I wish it wasn't Woody Allen, but it was. When Woody Allen had that movie, Manhattan... The, one of the main plot lines was that he was having, he had a—he was, what, what, 40 approximately in that movie? And he had a 17-year-old girlfriend. And he brought the girlfriend with him to dinner with his friends. Whatever. Oh, she's 17. And as I recall, I should probably double-check this, of all the reviews of that movie, Pro and Con, nobody identified the fact that he had a 17-year-old girlfriend as being you know, over the line. It was just kind of like, you know, she had a, he had a 17-year-old girlfriend. It's, times have changed. Now, literature
1: is replete. Is that the right word now? I'm replete
3: with, yeah, with, yeah.
1: with those sorts
3: of things. You
1: remember the movie uh, Lost in Translation? That wasn't literature, but that was uh, an older uh, Bill Murray and a 20-something Scarlett well, Johansson. Yeah. You know, and, and they didn't have any sex, I don't think, but there sort of was the implication that they were kind of falling in love. And um, you know there was a movie Ghost World with um, Steve Buscemi and Scarlett Johansson, which I think had similar similar theme there. It's sort of an old literary kind of a thing: the older guy and the younger girl, without without um, without a you know saying whether it's good or bad. It just it seems to have been it seems to be a theme that that, that recurs.
3: So I think it's bad because we realize now that. Um, it, 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 it's, it puts women who are not mature at that age on a, on a path towards getting themselves in situations where they foreclose options in their lives that they, that they wouldn't want to. I think that's a big part of it. And they get pregnant, whatever it is, and they end up not having careers or be, being older. What what it's not, what, and so, so I, I would be very upset if my daughter at 16, 17, you know, was with a, a guy guys,
0: old boyfriend showed up or with 30
3: or, or even a guy in his twenties, you know, any, anybody, I, I, I don't want her to go out with anybody who's not like another teenager in high school. Right. right. But having said that they do, they do, they do a very sloppily call it pedophilia. And it's not, I mean, it's not pedophilia. I mean, it's not being attracted to a young prepubescent girl. It's being attracted to a young uh, woman who looks very often, not different than she's going to look. Three weeks later, when she all of a sudden turns legal, right? Um, And um, it's... uh, So so the the pedophilia word, I think, adds an extra layer of... An extra layer to it, which is not fair, really. It's just you shouldn't be doing that. It is illegal. Some places in some... I mean, think about this. Some places the age of consent is 15. Some places it's 14. Some places it's 17. Some places it's 19. This is not... um, You know, how do you say something is horribly immoral unless you do it across the bridge in that that state, in which case it's it's perfectly okay. So I don't think we're that precise about how we feel about it. And of course, all the famous rock stars did it constantly with 13 year olds and then they're still welcome guests on every evening talk show. So, you know.
0: I think the problem here is is the sexualization of girls. And when you're 15 years old, you're a girl. Even if you look 17 or 18, your brain is not fully developed and 30 right. something year old guys should not be trying to fuck you. Well, that's what I
1: said. I, they're they're I know. not sure. But you missed the obvious joke there, Noam, that, that Periel's brain is still not
3: fully developed. Oh yeah, <laughs> i mind that. But uh, but but I'm oh, saying. No, when right. I was
0: fifteen, I was totally happy to fuck thirty year old guys. No, I'm just kidding.
3: So, I mean, in the old days, uh, Elvis had a young girlfriend, and uh, and Charlie Chaplin had a young girlfriend, and Je- my God, Jerry Seinfeld had a seventeen year old girlfriend uh, the day before yesterday, and and you know, it was like oh, but nobody's like you're a monster, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, so I, I can okay, so she wasn't sixteen; she was seventeen. But that, we're really splitting hairs there, right? So like a lot of things in today's day and age we are we're imposing our new wisdom onto things and and acting as if how could anybody ever see this differently despite the fact that you know i don't know 100,000 years of human history has seen it differently and you know
0: Scarlett right. well,
1: ohara
3: was uh, i
1: think 16 when red butler encountered her at the at 12 oaks at the um
3: at the uh the Wilkes Plantation. Well, Scarlett O'Hara was not beautiful, but men seldom noticed when, in, when caught in her charms as the Talton twins were. That something. is the
1: opening chapter of Gone with the Wind where Margaret Mitchell says that uh, Scarlett O'Hara was not beautiful. And then the, she, th- she then proceeds to spend the next 1,100 pages talking about how every guy wanted to fuck Scarlett O'Hara. Because, so because she, just, had, cause she did, did
3: something. Yeah,
1: she was hot, and I dismissed the first paragraph as a mistake. No, damn. To me, that first paragraph was a typo, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Scar- Scarlet was hot. Men don't fall all over themselves to get at a chick that's not hot because she has something.
2: You know, I never saw the movie, and it looks like I'll never get the chance. You can see, you should see the movie. Movie, The movie is very, I mean,
3: it, it does, in a way, uh, it, I, I I get the complaint with Gone with the Wind that it Disney, Disney-fies slavery or something. But uh, on the other hand, I saw Gone with the Wind with Rosalind, and, and Rosalind's black and she, this is years ago. And she found it very easy to separate the Hollywood from well, Rosalind is very, very her opinions. And
1: we, we, we had her on, we have had her, her opinions go almost always go against the main current
3: of black thought. No, but not, this is years ago. This is when she was in her twenties and other people too. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm not telling anybody to watch it or or, or not. I mean, you you think about it that the people in Hollywood who made that movie at the time were, as always Hollywood, are on the the left edge of popular thought. And um, Hattie McDaniel won an Academy Award for it. and
2: um, But yeah, of course, slavery couldn't have been like that. Well, no, I mean, but again, you have to take you know, put into context when the movie was made what was it made 1939 39 yeah and that's how people were depicted back then it's no the same but no, thing. no i have to say but i did some research it was criticized even at that time oh really
3: for for, for putting like a vaseline on the lens of slavery even oh. at the time
2: people recognized that so it's oh. it's a legitimate beef um i mean so do you pull it from the shelves? I mean, the movie from the... Well, large- I mean, listen, the, the, there was a movie Life is Beautiful. Yeah. And that
3: was criticized for kind of fun, funding, funding and gaming concentration Holocaust. camps. Yeah. Like, Holocaust. Yeah. Um, and of course it did do that.
2: Yeah.
3: But it still... But, you know, as a Jew, it, it didn't offend me that it did that. It was what it was, you know. But I, I couldn't... I'm sure other people were quite offended by that maybe survivor is even more so. So it's a very personal reaction. I don't judge any I wouldn't criticize anybody's reaction to it. I think it's true gone with the wind does that. Does but I don't I don't think it crosses the line into disparaging black people although the character of Kizzy is a little over the top, you know. Um I don't know. I don't know. But it is you know, it's a shame because on so many other levels, it's a, it's a great piece of movie making, you know, it's a great story.
1: Well, it's like the merchant of Venice. Shakespeare's the merchant of Venice wasn't particularly, co- I mean, this is going back a few more years, but yeah. that, that I, I haven't read it in a while, but I recall thinking thing was pretty good. Uh, and that doesn't cast Jews in the best light, but you know, but people, people understand that it was written in, in Elizabethan England. And you know, and, and, and
3: well, well, how about, have you seen I'm like, about- is with Alec Guinness on the, or a, uh- yeah, with uh, playing Fagin in one of the earlier movies of Oliver Twist, with a big prosthetic nose, and he's just Jewy as can be, and you know, he's, I mean, it's, it's clearly. And what,
2: How about Mel Gibson's uh, Passion of the Christ? I mean, come on, it still happens now all the time, where they really make somebody look incredibly Jewy, even on Game of Thrones. The guy from the bank—they didn't say it, but I mean, he guy looked,
0: from the bank. Yeah, that,
2: that <laughs> was the guy banker. From the the I money.
0: Mean, we just, it, people we just don't perceive podcast.
2: that. Pardon? What? Is, what, are you
0: I said even just this podcast.
2: By the way,
1: we have. Uh, we're going to really switch gears in just a couple of minutes because we have 80s pop star Taylor Dane is about to join us. Is She Jewish? Ray's uh, all excited. Yes, I, she is. She is, but I don't want to get too into that. This show is Jewish enough as it is. Oh, she started in the Russian clubs, didn't she? Is that oh, you
0: true? Can, That's. You interesting.
1: Can ask her about that. She'll be. Peria, when is she joining us?
0: He's joining us at 7.30. I would like to point out that you guys are also, while you're at it, missing one of the greatest works of the literature of the past easily 50, 60 years, um, which of course is Nabokov's Lolita.
1: I don't know if you pronounce it Nabokov, but- Nabokov? Nabokov, right? I can promise
0: you- <laughs> I'm with fuck off.
1: The, I, I've I can, never heard it pronounced that way. You may be the only one that's right, and that's certainly- Nabokov. Nabokov.
0: No, it's not. It's Nabokov. You well, don't want to tell Sting that. Anything. he sings
1: that's... that in his song. Well, Sting sings N- Nabokov, but I've heard it guy. pronounced Nabokov by English professors and v- various it's people. Nabokov. But you may be right, or maybe that's the Russian pronunciation. But in any
0: event...
3: What did Philip Roth call Nabokov when he was
1: naked?
0: No, but I mean, she was, what, 12,
1: 13? No, Lolita, I think. Which is, by the way, the, the novel Lolita is how... This is relating to our earlier conversation. Pearl, you're a conversation too late because we were talking about racial stuff and now you're getting back to the underage girl stuff. But I believe Lolita from the novel Lolita, which is how we get the word Lolita, was I believe uh, 13-ish. Did you say 13, 14? I'm not sure, but- um, And
0: he was how old?
1: Well, but he wasn't the good guy though. He was, he w- he was not portrayed as the hero.
2: Humbert Humbert, Yeah. Uh, was yeah. I guess in his
1: thirties or something, played by James Mason. Uh, in the
2: original film. The you know, as long as we're jumping around conversations, the mercher, uh, Merchant of Venice, I believe he sold fish.
0: <laughs> Taylor Dane is here.
2: Taylor
1: yeah. Dane, okay, so I'm we'll have Dane to... Obviously, we're not going to discuss these matters with Taylor unless it's something that you is... guys eventually. take the lead because I'm a 70s guy. Well, but <laughs> you're a musician. All
0: right. you stop it, you're a
1: musician.
0: I to be a Taylor Dane guy right now.
1: Uh, she's wonderful. I've, I've met, I haven't i i have have met her. I've seen her on a, Ray Allen did a Zoom with her and she was very quite pleasant. Hey. Hey. Is this Taylor? D- oh, hi, Taylor. How do you do? How do you do? Well, I'm fine. This is everybody. Taylor Dane is joining us from, hey. I don't know from where, but California, maybe? I'm not sure.
4: California, CA. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey
1: Taylor. Taylor, I'm Dan Natterman. I'm a comedian at the Comedy Cellar. Noam I can tell. D- Noam Dorman. Noam Dorman. Is the man that, that is with the beach behind him, and he is the oh, owner. Oh, wow. He's also is that real or fake?
3: Fakes, fake, fake.
4: Fake. It's
1: a real Well, freak. one can
4: dream. Uh, Looks good.
1: Noam's a musician himself. He never got to the top 40 like you did.
4: <laughs> top, top 20 five, is the aim.
1: 20. Well, I think you had some top five stuff back then. Top, in your top five, you're right. You're right. Noam never got quite there. I love it. Well, he's still plugging and God bless him. We wish him well. <laughs> Periel Ashenbrand is the producer of the show and she's an on-air personality. And she reminds me of Taylor, a bit of you. She's a very, uh, very outspoken, uh, uh, you know, woman. Um, she doesn't <laughs> sing though. But, and then me,
2: Dan Adam. Anyway, how are you? know uh, Ray Allen, you know Ray, you did a
1: Zoom with Ray.
2: You were on my, uh, the show we did a few Fridays ago. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah, the Aruba show, you sang on it and- uh, I loved oh, it. Yeah, that was fun.
4: Comedy. You- I'm good at comedy. I love my comedy and you guys have had some great guests on this show. I'm I'm very I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for thinking of me. Oh Thank
1: yeah, well, why for- not? You yeah. know, I I'm, I'm from the 80s. You had to remember uh, that no, I'm can could We be-
4: just discuss this this view right here? What view? The behind you.
1: Oh no, that's not real. That's also fake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live in a Hollywood, in the Hollywood Hills, but. Not
4: with a grand white piano behind you. Like, you know, like Prince and shit. No,
1: <laughs> no, no. That's just something I found online. I could change it, you know, to. No, any-
4: I'd rather believe that you would like you like, you're, you're living the Gaga life. You're, you're in Los Angeles? I'm in LA right now. Yeah, my my girlfriend's apartment here. That she's, she's a manager that wants me to, to like plug her up. There, Jan, let me plug you right now. Okay. She's a, jazz, she's a jazz musician's manager who says, I'm 1%. I represent the 1% of all the managers in the world, and I'm struggling. I need to work. But she represents some of the greatest managers. She manages some of the greatest, the 1% of the 1% of the, 1% of the musicians in the world, and she has no work.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, no Christian Sands.
4: Who else do you manage? Keon Harold, the greatest trumpeter living right now. Christian Sands, greatest. So anyway, we're just hanging here, bullshitting, talking about music. I, I, as a comedian,
1: I've always said that mu- music people to me, because I just, it's a, la- like I, a joke, I can tell you it logically understand how jokes work. Music is like something I cannot do. And so I, to me, musicians is like this land of mystery that I find endlessly fascinating
2: because it's something Good. that's not my world.
4: And we find you just as fascinating and mysterious and compelling to watch, like a bad accident, the same way you find us. Dan Dan
2: Adamant is very fascinating. And he is is an accident, yes. You know what? I had a couple of questions that
1: I always want to know about uh, pop stars, but I never meet them. First of all, uh, now, when you're listening to Sirius or whatever on the radio and one of your songs comes on, uh, do you turn it up and say, "Great," <laughs> right? or do you or do you switch a channel and say, I, I don't need to hear this?
4: If I'm by myself, if I'm in a car, I'll always turn it up for a minute and just hold my heart and just go, This is a sign, you know, it's always a sign. You have to take it in and do that moment and just take a breath and take a breath, and t- it's a blessing, you know, it is a blessing, right? And then change the channel. <laughs> yeah. I don't sit with it the whole song and go, oh, you know, like, you know, I wish I had Kanye's, you know, uh, self, uh, self-exploitation self love, but um, I do take that moment, I do, and I always look at it like a sign, it's a beautiful thing. Um, if I'm with friends, oh, my lanta, they're like, <laughs> Turn it on 20, they're amping it, and I'm like, ah, oh, everybody party. You know, I can't even tell you. I get calls all the time where they got it on 20, and you just go with it, man, because they're just overjoyed, and that's what music is, right? Brings people together, they're overjoyed. I can't ever stop that bus. You just ride with the train, baby. Bam, 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 bam. Are, are
3: there particular, are there any, like, particular, like, parts performances or your performance or someone else's performance on a record which you were never you were never quite happy with and every time you hear it you're reminded of like shit i wish i had sung that a little differently or
4: oh my god do you remember even the beginning of i'll always love you and and they're like you know how hard that is to hit sometimes and they're like do that part so i'm like (laughs) <laughs> even live, you can't even start. You, have, you once you hit those three notes, they're like, "Oh, we know what song that is." Hell yeah! And I'm like, "All right, we got to do it." My 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 keyboard player is like, "Don't start the song." I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "Oh yeah!" Very, and I'll nice. even
4: do it to him. It's like you can't start "Love Will Lead You Back" without the ding 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 ding. I'm like, "I'm start it just just like do do do." You better hit those chords before I get into that song. <laughs> Say goodbye. No, no. Ding, 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 ding. Oh yeah. So it goes both ways. Uh, how does that
1: process work when, like, um, you know, somebody writes a song, and then you ultimately sing the song? And how does how does that get to, how does that get together with the song? Like, a writer writes a song, and she's thinking, uh, I want to write this specifically for you or she shops it around? How does that Very
4: interestingly, I just had this conversation because this beautiful moment after 30 years, but actually Diane Warren, so from God's ears to your mouth right now, I just had this conversation in the middle of singing this for Diane Warren and Clive Davis three days ago on Richard Weiss, who you all might know. He has this insane quarantine uh, charity event that he holds every weekend, and he's been giving back and holding this uh, this Zoom call that um, has raised almost $5 million. And it's been extraordinary. A private call that he's been doing, and usually a 1,000 people participate and get on this private call that he's set up in a Zoom call. And Clive was on it and it was for Broadway Cares this last week and he had one set up with the original cast of Hamilton got on on Friday night and this was on Saturday and Diane was on the call and I was on the call and it was my time to sing and I sang Love Will Lead You Back and Clive was talking and he said, after I finished singing Love Will Lead You Back, it almost brought tears to my eyes. I sang a cappella, And Diane went on to tell how she remembers bringing the song into Clive at the bungalow and talking about the song and how she was bringing it in for Whitney. It's a song, but she was bringing it in. Clive thought it was for Whitney. And she said, no, I want Taylor to sing this. This is for her voice. It is for her to sing. This was in 1992. Uh, 91, The Bodyguard had just come out 92. It was right around there because I put it out on on my second album, Can't Fight Fate. And um, that was right about that time. And I remember it didn't go out on The Bodyguard, but you know, Unbreak My Heart was one of her other treasured, but Love Will Lead You Back. And he said, I think it's great for Whitney, but you're right, it is good for Taylor. I love it for her voice. Wow. And I remember being in the room with him and listening to this record and just hearing these these notes and just listening to the, you know, saying goodbye is never an easy thing, but you never said this, you'd stay forever. So if you must go, darling, I'll set you free. But I know in time we'll be together. It's crazy lyrics. And only Diane could say something so simplistic with the same, you know, do, 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 do. It's just chromatically, it's a scale. It's just incredible. Anyway. So they both said it at the same time. And yet for Whitney, for Taylor, for th- and it just, you know, it was right after every beat of my heart, it was just magical. And it just went to number one right after that.
1: I mean, just, for any listeners that may not know the name, Diane Warren, she's you know written pretty much everything. I mean, she's.
4: Well, she's definitely one of our treasures, you know? She's written- one of our American top songwriters, Tom Petty. wrote, Tom wrote- Dylan, you know.
1: She wrote, uh, don't want to miss a thing for Aerosmith which is, I don't, you wouldn't necessarily. She also wrote Unbreak My Heart. Diane Warren. Did she also write, um, did she write, I can look this up, uh, for Bon Jovi, It's My Life, was that her? I
4: don't look. know.
1: Was, was there ever a song that almost went to somebody else that was, well, that you said was going to go to Whitney, but was there ever a situation where it was like a, a close call where this song uh, would have gone to another artist and then you ended I'm up. Not that
0: I'm
4: aware of, no.
2: Is there a song that you that you're always have to sing for whatever reason because your fans love it and you're just sick of it? Are you just Don't tired of the song?
4: Don't rush me.
2: Don't rush me. By the way, it wasn't Diane Warren that wrote I Made a Mistake,
1: but she's written 80 trillion songs. And-
4: 80 trillion. And she also wrote I'll Be Your Shelter, which is a fan favorite over and over and over again. Huge in Australia, huge in Philippines. Like, you just...
1: Huge. Are you still happy to sing that song for people that want to hear it?
4: Me? Yeah. You remember that song?
1: Of course I do. It's my favorite Taylor Dane song.
4: I'll be your shelter, right? Yeah. And there's clouds hanging in your sky and they're just not letting any light in and you feel like you'd like to give in. Don't you give up so soon. What you need is a friend to count on. What you got, baby, you got someone who will stay when the rain is falling. Won't let it fall on you. I'll see you through. i cover you with a love. With a love so deep, <laughs> yes, and and people and artists do forget their fucking words. With a love so deep and warm and true, I will be there. Oh, honey, I'll be your shelter. I'll be the one to take you through the night. Night. Whatever you need, shelter. You gonna do the nana's? I'll make everything alright. Make everything alright. na 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 Keep going. You are a cute groupie. I like you. Look how cute he is.
1: Well, thank you so much. My my neighbors can probably hear me singing na na na.
4: Okay, I'm
1: sure they love you too because um, we 're all at home, and these walls are thin this isn't my real house, as I said i 'm just in a New York City apartment, <laughs> dance <laughs> flustered <laughs> I thought you were singing for me, and that those, those songs were my college year songs, and I had a lonely college uh, experience, but we won 't get into that
4: Did but at it,
2: least at least I had the music
4: yeah, of course, of course, music gets us through. Has any of you traveled yet or gone out or?
2: I, I left New York. I'm in Boston right now my childhood bedroom. Very exciting.
4: Wow. But okay. that's,
2: that's about it. You. I'm going to Aruba on July 10th when they open up. I'm going first thing in the morning, July 10th. Come on down, Taylor, if you want.
4: Wow. Your friends there? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, his name is
1: Aruba Ray. He has a show in Aruba. That's um,
4: true. I remember. Well, I know his friend's there, but I mean, but you like, you have a place to stay? You know what you're doing? You go yeah, yeah. to see them?
2: Oh, yeah. I have a
4: place to stay. Taylor. Is it open there? Is it open? You they'll
2: know? Open, they'll open July 10th, the Friday, July
3: Will?
4: 10th. Will?
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Okay.
3: Everybody has Taylor, to you there. may not, you might, you know, I, may, I hope you don't remember. You one time got very angry with me. I know you don't think you've ever met me before, but um, you, first of all, you stole one of my musicians. You stole, uh, <laughs> I'm teasing.
4: that sound like me, Jan? <laughs>
3: remember you remember, do you remember uh, she used to sing background for you Vivian Sesams
4: yeah Vivian of course yeah
3: so so Vivian used to be my band and she left my band to to go uh, to sing to tour with you
4: really and what band would that have been you mean me or Joe Cocker or you know let me go on with the list of people she sings with
3: no prior to that she she went she used to work at the cafe wa
4: oh but she went on to bigger better things honey
3: oh I know I saw my whistle friends and um, <laughs> So, but you came down to the Wawa night, and, and I didn't know you were there. And I was making, jo- I was, I used to tease Vivian like that because Vivian would always try. To, I don't know how to put it, but anyway, I would tease it's Vivian. Even,
4: it's like extraordinary people. Yeah. Like, let's just keep this. The Cafe Wah had extraordinary musicians, and everybody, you know, played at the Wah when they were off tour. Just don't even start with me.
3: Yeah, so so you can so I used to tease Vivian that she would actually go she would go on tour with Taylor Dame, but she would sing the songs. And it was it was just me teasing Vivian. And it was nothing to do with you, God forbid. It was really just me teasing Vivian. And you were there and you heard me say this, and I didn't know you were there. And you came on stage and you said, This guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> I did. <laughs> you mean, on you the mic, and I felt so bad. I was like, no, it was no. I was eating
4: like, around with Vivian. Uh, I think I think. I doubt the- I said I probably said it two drinks deep and definitely as a Jew from Long Island. I didn't say it seriously. I'm and sure. I, and I think and then yeah. I think page
3: <laughs> I think page six wrote it up. And I tried to find it today, but you know they don't have this is pre digital. And uh, ever since then, I was like, oh, God, I hope I never have to cross paths with Taylor Dane again. And then they told me, oh, Taylor Dane, I said, I hope she doesn't remember. But anyway, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: nice. Let me says, I have this guy's a fucking asshole. That's how I talk. It's yeah. very New York with a bit of Jewish from Long Island. So don't You started
3: in the Russian clubs, right? Did you start in the Russian clubs?
4: No, I started in bands. I started been all throughout New York. I landed in a Russian club oh, on the weekend to pay the bills. But right. I mean, that was- Really, what helped me pay f- to work with Rick in the in the in the studio?
2: Dan has landed in many Turkish baths, similar but different. Yeah, so just yeah, one more
4: thing. It helped me pay f- to make tell it to my heart. Helped me pay for the twelve inches I was doing.
3: Taylor, uh-huh. just do me one favor. Tell Dan and 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 Ray and Periel again that that my band in the Cafe Wa was extraordinary. Had great musicians in it, right?
4: Dude, Cafe Wa, those bands have all, they, they're, it's notorious, they had the best musicians down there playing in there. They still do, it's, everybody knows it. You go on Monday nights to the Wah, Tony Minaj, all those people, they, they creep in the Wah. That's what they do. it's yeah. Notorious band on, in there. That's it.
1: Of
3: course, Noam's no longer there, but- um, No, but, that, but those are all the people I hired, and I, and I used to play with, I used to lead Totally,
4: the he did, 100%. If that's who you were hiring that band, it was either Monday night or Tuesday night. That's the band, the house band, was
2: redick. Taylor, do you ever show up and like, uh, go to like a small venue, just, just unannounced for fun and just kinda? Yeah, there's
4: a place in Boston I show up to and do that too. What's but a, here and one? there, it depends. But not much anymore, but, but I mean, it just depends.
2: That's awesome. Where in Boston? What, which place?
4: Uh, Willie's. Oh, okay. How long are you in Boston
0: for?
2: Just two more days.
4: I'm there the ninth.
2: Oh, shit. Are
0: you oh, flying? Are you, are you in California? Yeah. And you're flying?
4: Yeah. What? Well, you're, you're a
0: suit?
4: Very are old. People... Viral? Are people going to know this shit on the night that I'm coming to Boston?
2: I hope. Boston, I, I've been going out here in Boston and everyone's been good. They're wearing masks.
0: They're...
4: Oh, everybody's going to know I might go to Willie's on the night. Scratch that. <laughs> Edit. I can. If
0: you want me to, I will. I don't think I'll go to Willie's on the night.
4: People, what were you going to say? Boy, wouldn't that be a line? shit storm? But I don't think that... No bars are open. Who are we kidding?
2: No, things are open. In Boston, places are open. We've been no doing... No I went out the other night and they... No were, way. Yeah, they were distant. It was good. It was really good. How
0: was that open? It's crazy. Ma,
2: Massachusetts has is like really low uh, corona right now. So. I thought
0: they had high
4: corona. Well, no, the corona that's, is that's here great. and thriving. It's time to get the hell out of LA.
2: Yeah, uh, LA's
3: that, bad. That, that would be a good out... That would be a good Weird, weird Al Yankovic uh, song, uh, Ray. Uh, Hi, Corona.
0: Time to get uh, the hell out of L.A.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Corona. Time
4: to <laughs> say our goodbyes and say ole, L.A. Hey, Taylor,
3: I have a question <laughs> for you. I don't know. I, uh, what do you, did, When you started out, was everything recorded to click tracks back then? In the click 90s? Track. Click tracks? What's a click track? It was it was a tempo? Were, were you playing? Were you playing? question? No, no. I'm just wondering, like, how you feel, like, how you feel about um, recording what? to music that's, you know, that's, that's bound to a tempo with a click, as opposed to like bands that used to just play free. Oh.
4: Um,
3: you feel any difference with that? I
4: honestly don't remember. You don't remember? No,
3: how about no. when you play live? Does a band, is the ba- does the band sing to a click to get the temples the same way every night,
2: or? No. No.
4: Not even not even a chance I use tra- listen now either it, I you know sometimes I honestly certain tracks I have to use track I have to and do I use inner ear some times when it's consistently on tour I will use inner ear and sometimes I won't I'll actually use floor wedges I still do it I'm old school it's yes. hurt my ears to some degrees I have to be honest with you I mean I'm still kind of old school. And, and on other levels, I do have to get inner ears. And I mean, we've talked about it. I've talked to my my ENTs about it. And uh, like, I just have to use tracks. I have to do more um, high end for me that I can hear it. And I just use a more of a, a high end for my higher end frequencies for me to hear the high end of the track. To be honest, it's not really just click for me.
3: Yeah. I, I had a lot really. of hearing loss too. Yeah, I really do. I
4: mean, I have to be fair and tell you the truth. So, it's just—it's just like I'm sitting here going, you know, a star is born. Like I'm more (laughs) like the old man, you know. (laughs) I'd be honest. (laughs) Taylor, what
2: something I've always found amazing is that. So you, I mean, you became so successful and so well known all over the world when you were. I mean, for it's it's right when you were a kid. I mean, you were so young, and
4: that's how it is, though, isn't it?
2: What's that? No, but what was that like to be 22 and to be that huge? Was it, did it mess with your head or was it just exciting or, you know, how, did, how was that? That's a big deal. Some people can't handle it. These
0: are crazy. So yeah, that she that said, is uh, part
4: of my management at the time.
1: What she said. That is how it works with musicians. They're always young. Comedians are generally, by the time we hit our stride, uh, we're in our, well, I'm, I'm 50 now. And I, I think, uh, that I'm about as as good as I've
2: ever been. But we, we typically
1: hit our stride in the 30s.
2: Right, but I was wondering what what Taylor's experience was with that because-
4: you I know. was crazy, Jan? Just a bit, yes, just a bit. I don't know what her definition of crazy is, but this is the thing.
3: But that's
4: why everyone loved you. I'm more like a man, a, a guy. I'm more like, I was, had two brothers growing up. I never had sisters. So I always operated more like in a masculine way. Like I like to be part of the guys. I like to be part of the group. And yet I was very feminine and very sexual, but also very, would you say that's more true? <laughs> yes, very,
3: too true.
4: I too like true. to be part of the gang.
3: Edit that
4: out. <laughs> <laughs> Not in an orgy sort of way. <laughs> I like to be part of the boys. I like that into my detriment at times, you know? And I like to be part of it all so it it was it was hard to face some truths you know more in a like you can't be part of the boys all the time because it is a boys club when it comes down to the business and that you have to learn that the hard way and it, it um actually hurt me in a lot of levels that because you know sometimes it works for them and then sometimes it doesn't and I had to learn that being a woman you you have to keep your power inside you have to learn and um And I grew up and I grew up and I owned my womanhood and my power. My mother was, was a powerful woman, but she also was, was very vulnerable and weak. So I chose to keep my strength and then honor it and hone in and learn it. But, um, I was a firecracker (laughs) at 22. I was blowing up. I used my sexuality, you guys saw all that, but I was also using it everywhere. It was explosive. I didn't know how to harness her. I didn't know how to harness all that. And so, yeah, I mean, was it hard? I mean, you didn't, you didn't see it at first because it was just, you just saw this rawness. Mm, I didn't, wasn't taught how to harness her and use that for the long haul. So she kind of exploded a bit. Yeah. You should read your book. Yeah, they, you should read my book. You know, my book is out, right? My oh, I didn't know that. 30. So yeah, tell it to my heart.
1: Oh, that's I, a, I, my I got my shit. The
4: are Conquered you? my fear and found my voice. Yes, I wish I had a cover of it in front of you. Yes, no, you can probably you
3: okay, I'll you. bring it up.
4: Yeah, yeah, thank you because you saw it, Ray. We discussed lo- it. Yes.
3: yes, I love That's a- what music- this
4: premise of this show is for. <laughs> I,
1: love good, I love a good musician memoir. My memoir, <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: Everybody- <laughs> and my release of my new single is coming out on the eighth. Oh my
0: God, Joanne, you idiot! Joanne Miggs, I'm going to kick your ass, Miggs. No, it's on there. We have it. We have <laughs> it. We, we Joanne sent it, and we would not have finished. This show, this show. is awesome. I demand not- Judd Appata- I demand Jud.
4: Take a look at this. Wind. This. <laughs>
3: Here we go.
4: Yes, <laughs> Nor- yes. Nor- yes. Nor-
0: <laughs> You guys does that look that?
4: like a girl that figured it out a little later? Yes, I think so. You How I lost my shit,
3: conquered my fear, and found totally. my Taylor Day. So
4: when you guys were coming out of school at thirty, I lost my shit, and Clive <laughs> will be the first to tell you.
0: And it was I, I, on I I Amazon. Love that you know I was that. going
4: to see all my friends and all those places I traveled to on buses and tour buses and everything while they were just graduating college and getting their first jobs, and I was like, "Damn." I've already done all this on a tour bus and flow here a hundred times. I think I'm going to just go rent a casita in Santa Fe while you guys go to your, your massage classes and, and, and just tell me where a trailhead is. I'm going to like really see where America now. Like, like I've been to Europe 1,700 times, but I've never seen it. Like none of it.
1: Has, has there, are there any musician memoirs that you've uh, read recently and enjoyed? I, I just uh, read uh, Bruce Springsteen's uh, autobiography. I think
4: that's interesting. How was it?
1: Oh yeah, it was really interesting.
4: Is it honest? Yeah. Is it honest? Yeah, you Bruce,
1: believe? Br- Bruce is. He's like. Uh, he's. He's. He's very literary. You know. He. Oh uh, yeah,
4: he's a poet. Oh for sure.
1: Very poetic, and it, you saw that also with his uh, Broadway show, and he's a storyteller, and um,
4: sure, for sure, for sure, for
1: sure. You know, he he talks about. Um, he talks about.
4: His- I always really loved. Uh, Anthony Cadita's book was was truly, wow. I, be, I couldn't believe how lucid his book was because considering he was really, really uh, an addict, like how he could remember how he had such vivid memories unless he was just you know completely rewriting history, it's possible too, but like it's unbelievable.
1: But well, when you write a book about your life, how much of it do you have to, do you have to kind of approximate because you don't remember the details?
4: <laughs> well said and diplomatically I might say.
1: Mm.
4: approximate is a good thing Mine, my storytelling is I, I love I love the imagination of it all and I do I do I will have to say mine is more just guttural and real and just yeah I can see Bruce is just literally he's a poet right he's he's our version he's our American poet right Dylan our American poets you know really beautiful I would love to be in a car while they, they tell me what they see right
3: mm-hmm. that's the way to put it
4: yeah. Right. Just tell me what you see, like walk in the woods with them. That's it.
2: You know, uh, speaking of walking in the woods, I can't get over the fact that you're that you're a fly fisherman or fisherwoman. I thought you were going to say I have a tick disease, but uh. yeah.
4: <laughs> I have a hippie heart, and I don't mean hippie. Like I want to sit outside and like put paste all over my body. I just that spirit is what makes me listen to chords more than other people, other girls, or whatever you know. I just have that spirit, you know. I love music. I love when a chord moves and bends. That's why Joni Mitchell, why I hear things. I hear colors when she performs. That's just me, how I hear things. Who sings that? No,
1: who sings with you? uh, Poet. What's that? The the, the, uh, yellow tax, big yellow. That's that's Joni Mitchell. Yeah, you sing that. You do a great. uh, Who who sings that with your band? Amanda
3: Brown. Amanda Brown. Yeah, she she sings with um, Adele. Well, Adele's kind of semi-retired, but she was singing with Adele, you know. She was, yeah. She was. She was like Adele's number one background singer for a while. What songs do you do? No, we, we would do just like some acoustic stuff with her. We we play in the olive tree now, but she she did a really nice her version of uh, Joni Mitchell's Big Yellow Taxi. I played guitar
4: for her. I just no, knew you played Big Yellow Taxi. That's neat. You know, that's hard stuff to play.
1: Yeah. No. Hey, have, you, uh, have, have you done I'm any Beatles? Beatles songs? And I always joke with them. Every Friday,
3: I would like say, "Hey, do you guys know any?" crazy but you guys know any Beatles well they're fun to play you know when you're just hanging around with we, very we, we, we're not playing you know with a very uh, polished band anymore we're just kind of winging it so it's you know it's what everybody knows um, uh, I said you great suggestion I
4: classic bands in there what's that you forget the Beatles I mean you know I did a Sunday I was doing Sundays at home March and April and May I was doing, and then I just started going to the Beatles. I went into Stevie Wonder songbook for his birthday, you know, and I just was doing that. You know, oh, it was only Stevie Wonder's to
1: No, I sent Colin a suggestion for you guys from a song that I, I heard on the Money Heist soundtrack. Rayon, you're a Money Heist fan. I do like Money Heist. It was a song called Broken Curse And right. I thought it would be great for you guys, and Colin never wrote me back. I was slightly insulted, but.
3: Um, <laughs> Taylor, who who are your? I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a it's a corny question, but it's actually quite interesting. Who are the singers that you growing up wanted to sing most like? Like Sinatra wanted to sing like Billie Holiday, right? So a, a weird answer. Like, where where was your head at?
0: Um,
4: it's weird because even with the British invasion, so at super young, I mean, I heard my first the first time I was given a radio, right? It was the late sixties and it was Stevie wonder. Right. It was my Sharia Moore. And I just couldn't even understand his chord changes in that. Na, 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 right. It was wild mind boggling and his voice, right. was like just insane. Um, And then you had that British invasion, right? You had these, these, these late sixties, right. You had the Beatles, obviously. I just couldn't look at Paul enough without crying. And then all of them, um, and their music just evolved so incredibly. Right. And then you had Marvin Gaye, you had Al Green. These, these, this is what moves me to no end. I just, just, just did. Aretha was a little later. Um, but you did have these folk, our folk musicians. I, I, you know, these were our Buffalo Springfield. I, you know, that was Steven Stills. That was, um, I'm trying to think, uh, it was everything was on AM radio. Everything was on AM radio. If I really want to get into that, but then you had build me a buttercup. Those were anything I could play on a 45, right? That was the foundations, right? Yeah. I'm so dizzy. That's the only thing I could play until my parents started getting me records, which was Crosby, Stills and Nash, Sweet Judy, Blue Eyes.
3: That's great. Do you play an instrument or you just, do, 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 I
4: played you... the flute. They made me play the flute. I wanted to kill myself.
1: Oh no. Well, you and the great Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull.
4: <laughs> i tried i tried
3: he was great Jesse. he was a big I talent he had to
4: walk to school don't don't start with me so i had to carry a light instrument my brother got fucked he had to play the french horn because he got a hundred on the test he said my whole life is over he had to walk like a mile to school with a french horn case it's like i've never seen anything like it he started stealing by fourth grade and he put everything in the french horn case it's just been a, a terrible life story read it it's in the book it was, a, it, was,
3: it was a musical
4: test? I got screwed. My younger brother's taking it all the way. It was a musical test? <laughs> yeah. In we, our grade, we were growing up, you had choir and you had a musical instrument.
3: Do You come from a musical
4: family? Yeah, ish. Yeah. We were Jews. So the one thing they encouraged was the music. Right. And so when I broke off and had a solo by kindergarten, they were like, and then by fourth grade, when I was singing Jacques Brel, they were like.
3: Wow. So you were, all, you were, all, so you were clearly musical at a young age.
4: Oh, isn't always no, the and, case? And,
1: or more often than not the case. And
4: standing at my window going, I've got to get out of here. Let me jump. Or if I don't become a star, because clearly this box will save me. Because being in this house and on the windowsill going, I will get out of here and I will live to be a star. Everybody in this box looks happy and alive and well and, and rich and I'll get out of this house alive. Sound like Ray Allen. Watch my TED talk, 2016. When you see the TED talk, it's a six, it's a 12 minute version of the whole book. There you go. That was the impetus of the book. And then you'll understand.
1: Well, we don't want people to watch the TED talk in lieu of reading your book.
4: But it's a short, people have attention span and that's so what, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying if you want to go jump to that and you don't want to read the book or you, then you read the book. Cause then you will be more like, like, Oh, maybe we want to hang on to Taylor a little longer. Cause the, you, this is music in the Ted talk. I even sing in that, but not a lot. See, cause it really is more, of I actually did a talk, but I put a little bit of my younger self into my musical, like, like honestly, I was in love with the Carpenters as a child.
3: Oh Oh, my God, me too.
4: Karen Carpenter was the most purest voice.
3: And and those records are really good. I mean, oh my God, close to you is one of my
4: top ten songs of all time.
1: I must say, rainy days and Mondays just kind of gives me the blues. But they get you down. Does get me down. That song does get me down. But I I like uh, a lot of their other stuff. But. what do no, I that, that One song,
4: Luther Vandross covered. What is that song called? Uh, uh, long, long ago, uh, and you super about- well, superstar, superstar. <gasps> don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? Ooh, uh, don't you
1: what a song! Taylor's great acapella. She's the real thing. You know, a lot of these stars nowadays. You know, you turn off the 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 the, uh, the electricity, and and it's not so terrific. Am I right? I mean, without mentioning names, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, why, that's why certain people have longevity. I mean, you know, it's like
4: just money or what? Without mentioning name, you're gonna then. start name dropping. I'm gonna start picking up some quarters off the floor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good. Is there? Are we, yeah. we gotta yeah. wrap it up, Dan. We're eight o'clock. Oh, Ray raise. Dying to ask one last question. Oh, Do you, have you done a lot of duets, Taylor? And if so, who 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 are you the most excited to get to sing with? <laughs> uh...
4: No, I, I write songs. I don't necessarily write duets, I mean.
2: Have I'm you, I mean, scared. performed a duet with anyone that was like so thrilling? Like, uh, I know some people, uh, Paul Schaefer said he was so excited to perform with James Brown. So is there anyone that you performed with that you were like, oh my God, I'm performing with whomever.
4: <laughs> um, well, I wrote a song that Tina Turner recorded. I think I'd be damn excited oh. if we sang that together. My God. Wow.
1: Well, maybe you could sing uh, uh, Islands in the Stream sometime with
3: Noam at the opening. <laughs> sing with Dan, Dan loves sing duets, or uh, Summer Lovin' from Greece. Dan. You're, that's, a, that's one of your karaoke favorites. <laughs> Paradise by the Dashboard Lights is my Oh, favorite. that's a good one. That's so, my karaoke I,
4: I've had the pleasure of singing with Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, I mean, more than the pleasure. Michael was a, you just, you can't, I loved singing with Michael McDonald more than life itself, Kenny Loggins, I was oh, a huge right, Log as a Messina fan. With, I sang with Meek Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. It was unbelievable. Wow. Uh, rock, uh, Smokey Robinson, what a dream. Oh, wow. Sidney Lauper, I've had the privilege.
2: Well, Taylor, the they all live. have.
4: The I've had many privileges in my life, many, many joyful moments.
2: I write, right, they I've had the privilege song. to sing with you.
4: And uh, as well. I But you asked me. so yeah, I, I know. I I've guess. had this marvelous privilege. Boys to Men, Travis Tritt. Just just incredible times.
2: And uh, Daniel Elliott Matterman.
4: Well, we didn't <laughs> sing
1: together. I sang the na-na-na-na-na part. That counts. <laughs> you uh, That's one of the greatest, uh, perhaps, certainly amongst the greatest non, uh, non, I don't even know how you would call it, in songs where they just sing like, you know, like with Hey Jude, like na-na-na-na, you know, na-na-na-na-na-na. na 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 that's a whole category of songs with that na-na-na. It is a na-na,
4: yeah.
1: So that's one of the best nanas I think. Na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so why don't we just uh, sum up uh, Taylor's um, you
3: know, uh, credits or, or plugs or whatever. Uh, she's got her book out called... Um, well, you, you... Tell it to my heart, how I lost my shit, conquered my fear, and found my voice. Every, I mean, uh, there's nothing like a good musician memoir. They're almost
1: always interesting because who lives a more interesting life than a musician? And um,
4: my and- mother.
3: <laughs> By the way, you look fantastic.
4: Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, honey. I mean, I, very I, kind. Did I tell you to fuck off once before? I take it all back. <laughs> I can take it back. I have the power to take <laughs> it back. Funny. At some point, I, know, I, said it, I said it in a Bet Midler way. So here we go. We take it all back.
2: <laughs> At some point, <laughs> everybody call Vivian is told as soon as, 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 as we hang up off. here. What's that? At some point, everyone's told them to fuck off and they take it back. And also, no, but I
4: said it about Vivian and he knows it's Cafe Watt. Doesn't, doesn't count. And many of those people are off on tour with somebody else.
1: It's for your personal appearances. Is there a place, a uh, website or a place that one can uh, find out where
4: Taylor is coming? Will she be? Uh, of course, it's COVID, it's, you know. it's all the tour. It's COVID, it is postponed, and it's all that. But yes, of course, I think September in Pennsylvania might still go. It's weird looking. We're, we're hopeful. But yeah, but my new single comes out, please. And you can check that out. Look at my, you know, websites. But please, and, and Joanne will give you all that too. So Norm, make sure you check that out too. The new no. single comes out July 8th. Please, it's looking hot.
1: So Norm, so TaylorDane.com, I guess, is the place. The clear, for all things Taylor day.
4: D-A-Y-N-E, for all you porn star lovers, it's not D-A-N-E.
1: <laughs> oh, is there a porn star? You know new? why he's
4: laughing? Because there was a porn star, D-A-Y-N-E. Oh, yeah, I D-A-N-E, like yes. I'm not D-A-N-E, I'm D-A-Y-N-E. Like a day, a day.
1: So uh, just uh, also to our listeners, uh, you can send us uh, suggestions, comments, critiques at uh, podcast at comedyseller.com. And Periel, uh, what's our uh, Instagram?
0: Uh, live from the Table.
1: And uh, that's it, thank you, Taylor, for joining thank us. Thank you, Aw,
0: thank you guys so much.
1: Thank you, Aruba
2: Ray, for, thank for. Thank fun.
4: Thanks, Ray, this was fun.
2: Great to see you again, Taylor, I if love you're
4: it. you're going to Aruba, say hi to the folks there. Come down, please. Uh, Maybe sure. I will, when you let me know, it's like, A-O-K. Okay. Where'd but I mean? have to do work in Miami, like it looks like I sold the apartment, so.
2: Oh, wow. When
4: you come yeah. to yeah. New York, I'm, I'm, across, and I'm gonna go to yeah. Sorry, no, we have a, a lot pizza. of
1: invitations, Taylor. But no, I'm just adding <laughs> to it uh, with the Olive Tree Cafe. Uh, oh, the Comedy um, Cellar, the Comedy Cellar, or Olive Tree Cafe, and all food items half price for Taylor Day. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: we Unbelievable.
4: Will... We'll just work our way through the through the Caribbean too. Why not?
1: So we'll see y'all next time on Live from the Table. Thank you so much.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.